Hello and welcome to The Man Games. This is the podcast show. It is The Man and The Wife podcast. We are looking at last night's NXT TakeOver in your house. And um, this was an event that I wouldn't say I was overly looking forward to, but it sure did deliver. I was, I, I should have been more enthusiastic towards it. I think it's just been in lockdown the last few weeks of NXT. I haven't been, um, to me, I haven't been exactly great, so it's not really made me excited for the, you know, the pay per view. But I really did enjoy this pay per view. How about you? Yeah, the same. I um, I wasn't. Not, not looking forward to it, but um, wasn't as excited as I have been in the past for takeovers. Um, but I did really, really enjoy this pay-per-view, so um, uh, yeah, really, really good. So the show started off with a um, old-school Todd Pedville, is the guy called. So he is the guy that used to do the um, WWF pay-per-views in your house. So he was back promoting the show to start the show off. So the show kicks off with a performance from Code Orange. Um, what do you think of the band playing? Um, to be honest, I'm not a massive fan of um, metal music. Is that the category you put them under? Yeah, I guess so. I honestly thought that Damien Priest was singing when I first saw. <laughs> but is this Damien Priest's entrance and he's in the band? And is that Jessamyn Duke singing next to him? <laughs> Um, but you know, overall, can't complain really. It was nice for him to treat this as it would they would have done a normal, yeah, um, normal takeover. Yeah, not just kind of like phoned it in as a, as a no real fan show, should we say? Yeah. Um. So it definitely did make make it feel like a movie starting off with, which I think was yeah, really it made good. it feel like a bigger show. Yeah, absolutely. I think that probably helped towards us enjoying it more. Um, I noticed that. Uh, people were begging on the perfect glass. Is it perfect glass? Plexiplex. Is it what you call plexiplex? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's like WWE like now um, recognising that they've done this and they're going to use it to their advantage sort of thing to make the atmosphere yeah. more better. So yeah, as you said, you see the NXT wrestlers slash fans slash development talent in the crowd. Um the set is an actual house. Um, it kind of made me think of Edward Scissorhands, how like the, the houses are all really like white and normal, and then everywhere else, like where Edward lives, it's like dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It kind I kind of got like a flashback to that film. Yeah, I can see that. I think this is an event that has potential. I did think like they could embrace it in your house more, um, going forward. You know, when they can do other stuff. Like, well, I'll get to that later on. I won't go into too much detail about it now, but... Okay. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was good. Um, I know often when you watch uh, pay-per-views these days, they don't really uh, dress... Mm. Yeah, embrace the theme. Embra- or, yeah, embrace the theme, I would say. And dress yeah. up sort of the, um, the the stage and the props and whatnot. Uh, obviously, I always think back to, like, when we watch the WCW pay-per-views. I mean... Spring stampede and they'd be like, hey... <laughs> hey, bailed and... Yeah, things like that. So it's good to see that. Uh, obviously, that really brought back the eighties vibe as well, which obviously was something they were trying to achieve. Um, so yeah, I thought the um, the stage and that was fantastic. So the first match on the card is the six woman tag team match. First, making her way to the ring was Shotzi Blackheart in her little tank. Don't really get her. Um, maybe it's just me, but 
I just don't really get the gimmick. I don't know what she's meant to be. Why does she come to the ring in a tank? Um, I know Edge and Christian have said the same thing about Asuka. They didn't get Asuka. And I was a bit like, I don't understand how can you not get her? Maybe I'm a bit like them in this situation with Blackheart. But yeah, no, I, no, but I agree because I, I liked Oscar. I like Oscar, sorry. And and that, but I, yeah, just... Uh, well, I like Blackheart in the ring. Yeah. Like, her ring, ring work, I really like. I just, just don't, don't get a gimmick. Yeah, I just don't get the gimmick. I don't get the entrance. But if anybody would like to explain it to us in the comments, that would be fantastic. Yeah, maybe it's something, we're missing something. Yeah, maybe it's something she did on the Indies that we don't know. Being from the UK, maybe. I, I don't know. Could be, yeah. So, yeah. Next um, out is Tegan Knox, probably my favourite wrestler in NXT at the moment, female-wise at least. Um, I would say Tegan Knox, Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley are my top three, I'd say, NXT females at the moment. I, I don't like Tegan Knox. I just always forget her name. Even when I'm looking at her, I'm thinking, God, what's her name again? I don't know what it is about her, and I know you guys can't see, but um, the man is probably giving me evil looks for saying that about Tegan Knox. Um, I remember that when Kate, I can't even remember this girl's second name now, Kayla, Kayla who goes out with Ricochet, I can't remember her second name. Oh, when she came um, to the ring. Ted Canunos or something, is it? Or, I don't know what her name is, but yeah. Yeah, sorry guys, I can't remember her second name, but... So she walks to the ring and this my, is the Young Classic. Yeah, my wife says, Oh well I don't really like her, she's just forgettable. And then she walks up the ring post uh, and I was like, How is that unforgettable? Like Well, do you remember her name? I remember her first name. <laughs> I remember her the first name. I really like her as well, I just can't remember her second name off the top of my Not head. Not your point here, are you? No, I really do like her. Plus there was stories that she'd um, retired from wrestling at one point. Was she the Ninja Warrior one? Yeah, she did like she did like the Ninja Warrior or something. Maybe I, I don't know. Um, good content for podcast listeners there. Um, we don't know anything. It turns out. No, I know she's called Kayla. I just don't know her second name. She goes out with Ricochet. It's because she's unforgettable. She's forgettable. We remember her walking the pole. We do. And she goes out with Ricochet. I know I said that about eight times now. And that's all you know about her. No, but I remember him saying to her after a Royal Rumble how proud he was of her and he was crying and. Very, very nice. Um, gone off topic there. Um, so yeah, Tegan Knox, great. Let's just say that. Mia Yim makes her way to the ring next. Not a massive Mia Yim fan. Really don't like her ring gear. Yeah, don't like her ring gear, don't like her entrance. Her matches are good. I don't mind her in-ring work. I just don't really get her. Um, I didn't really like her when she was in TNA or Impact Wrestling. Can't remember what brand it was called at the time. But yeah, I remember I didn't really like, like her then. So yeah, now the heels come out, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez and Candice LeRae. Um, I really like Dakota Kai. I like what they've done with her. Yeah, I like um, like now how she's a heel. Like she's um, Just everything about her look. I think yeah, she's... her look is a lot better. I didn't really like her ring gear when she was a face and I didn't really like... I felt like she was kind, kind of trying to be the next Bailey when she was a baby face, whereas now... You know, I like the look, I like the ring gear, um, I like, uh, you know, the difference in her appearance that she's done. I think she's embraced the fact of being a heel. Yeah, I think that it, she has uh, embraced the fact of being a heel, but um, the way she's done it, I feel like it's different to some other people. You know, she's not like the, the black leather and the, the grunge look. Um, it's yeah, in a true. different sort of... Her own style. Yeah, definitely her own style. I love those um, high-waisted shorts she wears. Yeah, what about um, Raquel's? Not, yeah... See, I feel like she tries to copy a bit of Rhea Ripley, really. That's how I, that, you know, yeah. when you think about it. But. I feel like she wasn't wearing 
the right attire to complement her her shape, shall we say? Um, yeah, I just didn't. Just don't. Just didn't. Just yeah. So Candice LeRae's entrance music. Now I really, really like their entrance music just because it makes me think of Sonic the Hedgehog. So they were called Mysterious Cave. Um, so yeah, if you YouTube that and listen to the, the the background music, to me it makes me think of that, which I kind of liked. Um, maybe she thought Dexter Loomis is music a bit like Stranger Things, so I'll copy Sonic the Hedgehog. So yeah, I really um, yeah I really like that. Yeah. One thing I just noted uh, when Candice Ray came down was why is she wearing wings? Like I know that she's the pixie or whatever or she was, and I guess she's like the heel pixie now. But I just, I just don't like the heel pixie. I don't know. Didn't like the wings. Didn't think it was necessary. Yeah, it's not really. It's not really heelish, is it? But I don't think it is. But no, not. But anyway, we'll get to the match. Um. So yeah, this match went just under ten minutes. Um. It starts with uh, Mia Yim and Candice LeRae in the ring, uh, but Candice quickly taps out. Uh, not taps out, sorry. Candice quickly taps uh, in tags, the Tags, not taps. Oh, I've written taps up there. Okay. So the match starts with Mia Yim and Candice LeRae in the you ring. You literally said, so the match starts with um, her tapping out. Yeah, I know. That's why I tried to correct myself. Sorry, sweetheart. Go on, continue. Thanks. The match starts. With me and Candice LeRae in the ring, in the in the ring, um, but Candice quickly tags McKellen. Um, that's playing on a heel character there. Um, not too much to note at the beginning of the match, really. A few back and forths. Uh, I did enjoy a spot where Tegan knocks in some sort of a dive or a flip or something uh, into Dakota Kai in the corner. Um, that was I, 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 that spot really got me at the beginning. Um, another spot I really enjoyed was um, Blackheart goes to dive outside the ring, but Rachel Gonzalez catches her and just throws her to the floor. That looked proper brutal. Yeah, and then Mia Yim does a dive onto them on the outside, and then Tegan Knox goes to the top rope and does a Farfish City Splash onto everyone, which was really good. Yeah, that was uh, fantastic. Some of these spots, like you see, it really annoys me when they do a spot and there's one person that's nowhere near the person that's doing the dive, and they just fall over anywhere. Yeah, I remember, there was one TLC match where that happened, and Bubba Ray Dougley didn't get hit, but he still like managed to run up the entrance where like he pretended he got hit. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, back to the um, in the ring action. Black um, bombs a bridge onto Larry, which looked really good in the ring. I thought I really liked that move. Yeah, um, Larry just sort of like got twisted, didn't she? Her arms behind her, she was. Yeah. All sorts. It, it looked really painful. And that got broken up by Rachel Gonzalez. Um, uh, and then we get, went into, um, it was like a standing slice spread um, by Tegan Knox and um, Satya Blackheart onto Rachel Gonzalez after um, Dakota Kai accidentally kicked Gonzalez in the head, um, which then prompted uh, a shining wizard from Tegan Knox onto D- Dakota Kai for the pin. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the match. Um, so the slice bread was Tegan Knox using Blackheart's foot and like chucking her up in the air so she can perform a standing slice bread. I believe um, Alex Shelley used to do this move in TNA. Well, like the proper way, like running up. So the, the proper way to do it is you run up the ropes and do the backflip into the onto the mat. 
and Brian Kendrick used that move as well, but he calls it the Kendrick. Um, so yeah, good match. I think the right people won. Yeah, I thought I thought and I thought the finish was really good as well. Yeah, finish was good. Strong also, finish. we missed out the Kanzler and me in battle to the back, but it wasn't. Yeah, it didn't pay off or anything. So yeah, that was that. So yeah, good match. The, uh, I think the right team won. Nine minutes, 50 seconds that match went. Yeah, I enjoyed this match. I thought the girls put on a really, really good show. Um, or the women, sorry, put on a really good show um, opening up uh, the takeover. Um, it was the first time since um, lockdown or, you know, the pandemic that I didn't notice there was no crowd. So, um, you know, when we were watching Mania and other events and stuff like that, I've always sort of had in the back of my mind yeah. being distracted by the fact there's no crowd and it, and it bothering me. And this is the first time that actually... At the end of the match, I thought, "Oh yeah, there's no crowd." Like I just, I was so invested in the match that it didn't didn't bother me at all. So yeah, really good match. Very happy. Yeah. Also, normally on a takeover, the tag team titles up in the show. I think it was really good here that um, you know something different. I mean, I know it was still a tag team match, but it was a six woman tag match. I think it really freshened up the show. Normally, it's just a bit predictable. You know, the tag team titles are going to up in the show. So I really like this something different up in the show. It kind of got me a bit... I mean, I know there was no tag team title match on this show anyway, so it wouldn't have been, but you know, it got me more invested because it was something new to start off the takeover. So next up, we had an advert um, kind of playing homage, would you say, to the in-your-house theme of the show. Yeah, it's sort of the 90s sort of look. And... Yeah. Um, it was William Regal, which I thought was really strange, doing the, the voice of the... Like, the the commercial for the was it ice cream bars or something? Yeah, some sort of ice cream bars. Oh, this is Harry. Yeah, that's all I remember. The best thing about this advert was Tegan Nuts was in it. Yeah. Okay. And next up, there was an advert for WWEshop.com where you can buy all the WWE merchandise, etc., etc. And then we see Rhea Ripley backstage perfect. Then we see Rhea Ripley backstage preparing for her main event match against Charlotte and Io Shirai. Um, so when we saw this, I I worked out this is this must be going on last. Why would you be showing her and not like Adam Cole? Um, I thought it would have been Adam Cole, seeing as he's just re-signed with the company. Reports are saying so. I thought he would get the main event, you know, match to show they have the faith in him, and he's now NXT. The longest reigning NXT champion, should we say? So I thought, you know, they'd want to spotlight that more. And but, they've got the gimmick match as well. Yeah, and we've got the gimmick match, but I think the right match went on last. Um, um, yeah, well, we we saw very Ripley, obviously, you said backstage preparing for a match, and she sort of be um, sporting not a new look, but um, uh, a tweak a to her look. Yeah, a tweak to her look, um, which I liked. I liked that, you know, she's. Changing things up, but keeping it the same, sort of the same theme, but just um, a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah she's got um, the, like the web in, a, in the side of her head. Yeah. Uh, and the um, the contact lenses now. I think there's only one of her eyes. I, don't, I, I, I think, I'm not sure it was, but I think maybe only one. Yeah. But it's still something different. It's nice that they're not getting complacent with lockdown and they are still trying to evolve the characters and stand out more. I think it really helps the product and the character. So next up we have Damien Priest making his way to the ring. Um, I thought we could have made his entrance a bit better, to be honest. With you know, you know he, he shoots the arrow and he's 
his name normally goes on the screen, but you can't actually see it because of the set. I thought they could have done something so, like his name, like um, illuminated on the door or or like the, the window. window. Yeah, I yeah. thought they missed a trick there, really. But that's just me, like personally, obviously. Um, I think it could have maybe helped his character get over a little bit more. He's another character. I'm still a bit like, what really are you? Um, yeah. I don't want to say this about a lot of wrestlers, but it's another wrestler that still don't kind of like get a bit. He's just a bit. No, I don't feel connected. Yeah, I don't feel like I've connected with him like I do with other characters straight away. That's yeah. just me. So yeah, Balor comes out in new ring gear, which I quite like the dark blue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it looked really good. The only thing is that I'm not sure is he a face or is he a heel. Like he turned heel on Johnny, G- Johnny Gargano um, a few months ago, but now. Like I just don't know. Is is he a face? Is he a heel or is he a tweener? I just I just don't really get it. Really, I'd rather him just be a, a full on heel, personally, because he was a babyface for so long, and especially when he was on the main roster, his babyface run just kind of killed all the momentum he he got from NXT, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I was really looking forward to this match. I um I loved him, Bella, um for many reasons, um. So really forward to this match coming into it. Uh, I do, yeah, liked Finn Balor's new gear. I'm such a fan of him that I don't care if he's a heel or a face or a tweener. I'm just happy to watch him wrestle. I'm still a massive um, Finn Balor fan. It just kind of, kind of like to know what what's meant to be going on. If you know what I mean, it's like Charlotte Flair, but I don't care about Charlotte Flair that much. But you know, you know, is she meant to be a face or a baby or a heel? You know, sometimes you can watch watch her say she'll, she'll turn up on SmackDown and have a promo against Bailey, and she's definitely a baby face. But then you see her on NXT and she's a heel. It's inconsistency yeah. in the company. Well, the match. Well, before the match starts, Finn Balor um, goes to attack Damian Priest before the ball rings. Um, yeah, so he does. He does like the drop kick into the corner, and Priest will see outside. And he kind of like no sells it. I think like he doesn't act like anything hurt. He's yeah. Yeah, I didn't really like that, really, to be honest. That, like, especially from the opening, you know, moment of the match. Kind of, like, kind of, I don't know if I could have, like, sold that it hurt him a bit more, in a yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, why is the barricade around the ring when there's that plexiglass? Advertising NXT. Well, watch it. If you don't know, you're watching NXT. I don't know. If you asked me, I gave you an answer. Then give, don't, don't give me that. <laughs> I don't know. It's like saying watching The Simpsons and they're walking around wearing Simpsons t-shirts because yeah. they're advertising The Simpsons. Because they always have barriers around. Yeah, I know, but it just doesn't make sense. They've got these plexiglass things up that look crap anyway. Why do you need the barricades around the ring? It just doesn't make any sense. Anyway. Well, you didn't like my answer, so I don't know. What I feel like mean. I care about this more than you do. You so do, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so... The, quite early on in the match, um, they go to the outside of the ring, um, and Damien Priest moves the ring steps. He picks up Finn Balor while standing on the steps and throws him onto the apron of the ring. Uh, that was yeah, in like a in his broken arrow move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, really good. Uh, and then there was is it a flatliner, sleeping flatliner? I'm not sure what they called it by Daniel Daniel Damien Priest to Finn Balor. Um, so Damien Priest was dominating a lot quite. Early on in this match, yeah, there was a broken arrow in the ring as well, where Finn then stomps on him in the chest. 
kind of like a, a standing cut of grass in the ring. Yeah. They call it a double stomp, but I've, I've, it's the same move. It's a cut of grass. It's just not off the top rope, so let's just call it that. I don't, you know, why is it a double stomp that way? Stomp that way, but yeah. Know, um, I feel like I'm being a bit negative about this match now. I'm rethinking myself about this as well. So yeah. Um. Finn Balor goes to the top rope for a coup de grace, but uh, Priest uh, captures and gets to the second rope uh, and does like a chokeslam move. Yeah, I think it was a chokeslam, but he didn't really land like Priest didn't land like he did a a, a chokeslam on his opponent. He landed a bit stranger, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I did note throughout the match was Damien Priest's tattoo on his back. It's epic, it's huge. Yeah, but what is it? I don't know what it is. Is it like a skull and crossbow? I don't I know have what no it is. I no idea. But it just, I, I was looking, what, I was watching Wrestle, it's just like, it's huge. Like, it's not just like, lots of little tattoos or whatever, it's one massive tattoo. Quite the design, I'd like to see a picture of it when he stood still. Yeah. Or maybe when Chris or Mania do their tattoo segment, they might have that on it. I might get a question right then. Maybe. Unless the question is, what is it? <laughs> That's true. Uh. So yeah, um, getting towards the end of the match, um, so Damien Priest has the steps laid out, but then unfortunately he takes a, a um, like a back slam onto them, which looks like it proper sucked. Like yeah, he, he's back landed right on the edge of the steps. It did, yeah. Um, and then, and then Balor, Balor gets him back in the ring, hits the could have and wins. Well, he just. Bally gets him back into the ring, hits a coup de grace to the back of his head, oh, then sorry, gets yeah. up for a second uh, coup de grace to get the pin. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed this match. Um, I felt like it was quite equal and back and forth. Yeah, uh, I did actually like the coup de grace to the back of the head and then the real coup de grace. Because normally there's a coup de grace and then there's a 1916. But I think this... I prefer this way around, to be honest. So it's like doing one move to get him on the floor, then doing a move to keep him on the floor. On the floor. Yeah, uh, I thought both men came out still looking really strong. Um, Priest had a couple of good spots there that you know really showed his strength. Uh, happy to get Finn Balor to uh, happy to see Finn Balor win. Always am. Um, I think the commentators were saying that this is Finn Balor's eleventh win for the Takeover. Oh really? Yeah, I'm sure they did. I think I missed that. I'm sure that's what they said. Um, so I felt like coming out of this match that the pay-per-view start, was starting off really strong. Yeah, it wasn't. I, I did enjoy the match. I would say this was the weakest match on the card, though, um, for me personally. But obviously that's just my opinion. I'm not taking anything away from this, the match because obviously, like I said, there was some good spots in it. But um, storyline-wise and other things going on, I think this was the weakest link of the night match-wise. I don't know if I'd say that about a Finn Balor match. No, I, I really enjoyed this match. I just think it was weak. Oh, really? What yeah. would you say was the... My least favourite match, Johnny Gargano and Keith Lee. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Oh, well, we'll get onto that in a we'll minute. We'll get to that in a minute, yeah. So, um, before we get onto that, though, there was a backlash promo showing that this is going to be the greatest show. We're going to get Edge and Randy Orton again. I really don't like the music for this pay-per-view. It's the greatest show, man. I know. I, I love the greatest show, man. love the song. It's not a wrestling song. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. That's what I mean. Yeah. It annoys me. It's a bit silly, isn't it? Yeah. But they try to put over that it's going to be the greatest wrestling match in wrestling history. Don't. Don't use that term. But it's not, though, is it? No. I love Edge. I really love Edge. I was so excited when he came back. 
and I, I was a bit disappointed at first it was going to feud with Randy Orton because you know he's been away for like nine years. It was like finally we're going to get him against AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, um, you know, and Literally then anybody else. Yeah, then he fought someone he's fought before, his old tag team partner. I was actually there when Rated Arcade won the tag team titles in Manchester. They won them off Rick Flair and Rowdy Piper. And also, I know we are going a little bit off topic here, but that night it was when we found out that Piper had cancer also. Yeah, so it was a bit awful yeah. in that sense, yeah. Anyway, so, the so yeah, that was us just promoting how much we're looking forward to Batlash. <laughs> yeah. And then they showed a promo for Raw. It is Christian's return. So he's probably just going to eat an RKO or something and set up a bigger match. The match to be bigger for Edge and Orton, I would yeah. have thought. Um, yeah. Then there was another advert with Adam Cole in this time. Didn't like it. I didn't really know what it was. I got I go pro. Don't know what that uh, is. Yeah. That's what I've written down. Yeah. And then we saw Io Shirai backstage um, preparing for the match. Obviously, as we said earlier, that he was going to. We believed was going to be the main event. Um, so if you're still with us, thank you for sticking with us and please give us a like if you're enjoying what you are listening to. Drop us a comment, let us know what you thought of NXT TakeOver in your house. And please subscribe to the channel, it is the best way of helping us out. The more subscribers we get, the you know the better content we can put out. There is more stuff on the Man Games channel. So now this podcast is up every Sunday, we've got fun with figures. That is a show of me looking at action figures from WCW, WWE. TNA, I would love to get some AW ones when they are released, so it's just me looking through some of them. Also, there's a watch along of Brody Lee that goes up on a Saturday. That is me watching um, one match each week of the best of Brody Lee in CZW. That was in my um, WrestleCrate unboxing, which is also a video on the show that you should check it out. And also, there is all the 2K20 content out on the channel, so there's loads of that. It is, you know, what the channel was made on originally but we are trying to extend the channel into more wrestling products so yeah make sure you check it all out right uh next match on the card was johnny gargano versus keith lee for the north american title so you just said that this is actually you you um didn't enjoy the most yeah couldn't agree. i i wasn't actually that bothered about this match going in just because i thought the set was a bit clunky um i didn't really like the the segment that keith lee and me him did mocking the Garganos. Oh, with the torches. Yeah, yeah, with the torches. It was a bit silly. And then um, Protega Knox came in with a pizza. It was half eaten and it was just all a bit silly, really. Like, it wasn't... They were trying to make fun of the Garganos, but it wasn't... It was no, like, DX impersonating the nation or the NWA impersonating the Bossman or... Do you, do you know what I mean? It, it was it quite... It, yeah, it just didn't click, it didn't gel. Um, um, yeah, well, I've got a probably really unpopular opinion, but I just don't like Johnny Gargano. I have soured on Johnny, Johnny Gargano, actually, but I did love him in this match. Like, uh, I, I just, have... just I, I came watching this match, I came to the conclusion, I don't like Johnny Gargano. I don't think I've ever really enjoyed any of his matches. Uh, I just, I don't know what's like about him. Stick with us, guys. Stick with us. She doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> the show will change next week. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, I, to be fair, I had gone off Johnny Gargano a little bit just because I think his time next he's done. He's done everything there is to do. He's held every belt. Um, you know, what else more can he do, really? Yeah, he's but, done a lot of time to be honest. Well, that's his um, new character. But I did love how um, 
So Johnny Gargano walks out the front door. When I first saw the door, and Shotzi Blackheart didn't come out of the front door, I thought, oh, they missed a trick here. Every wrestler should be walking out of the front door. But no, Johnny Gargano did it. And why did he walk out the front door? It's because NXT is the house that Johnny Gargano built. I thought that was like really good like symbolism there. I really, really like that. Um, he locks the door and puts the key in his pocket. I think he comes out looking like a stormtrooper or something. It is based on something I've seen on Instagram this morning, but I'm not sure um, what it is. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Some sort of stormtrooper, one of those with paint yeah. on them and white things. So this is where I, th- I kind of think that the they lost a lot of, you know, they missed a few tricks because obviously... If this is Johnny Gargano's house when Keith Lee comes out, he should have been like shouting, get off my lawn. And yeah, I kept on thinking that all the way through the night, like especially after he lost, he could have like got like um, like a patio chair and been on, like near the window. And like every time someone came there, he could have been shouting. And, you know, later on towards the end of the show, when Eosha rise on the building, he could have like come out and like shouted and said, get off my building. And, Play. Yeah. I know it would have been a bit silly, but I don't know. I think, like, for me, it would just have been really funny. You're saying this is Johnny Gargano's house, well, like, prove it. Let him be protective of, of his house. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, yes. Keith Lee comes out. Uh, he had uh, Black Lives Matter on his trunks, which um, was a very powerful message. Very powerful message. I was pleased to see that Keith Lee was using this platform to support, obviously, this. Um, movement. Thank you, this movement. Um, I don't want to say I was surprised with WWE allowing it, but they don't, do, they, do they approve gear? or? Um, well, there is... I would um, think it was a political thing, they have to, but I was happy, happy. Well, when we spoke about this on the podcast yesterday, when um, Dream wore his Call Me Up Vince um, trousers, apparently that wasn't signed off Okay. from what I've read. I don't know, I can't remember where, obviously that was like four years ago two years ago um so yeah yeah anyway um, happy to see that fantastic um that they were allowed into obviously something that is so powerful and so important yeah allowing him to use his platform so why didn't you enjoy the match though i know you said you don't like johnny gargano but what made you not enjoy the match i enjoyed the ending of the match which we will get to obviously uh i just i don't know i just don't i think i think i just like johnny gargano so i just tune out uh. that's I thought this was the only match that had a consistent story through the match because it was Johnny Gargano working over Keith Lee's hand all the way through the match. Um, because I can't remember which episode of NXT it was. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before. But um, Johnny Gargano had stomped Keith Lee's hand in the steel steps, which I thought was a good spot. I did point out um, at one point, Johnny's at the door doing something. I'm not quite sure what he's doing. He's knocking on the door trying to get back into his house. Yeah, and um, obviously this is set in the 90s. You know, they've got the 90s set and yeah. that. But they have the... Uh, <laughs> the doorbell camera. The doorbell camera, yeah. Yeah, um, well, it's just proving that they are really good and you should buy one. Well, I just... <laughs> just what thought... am I saying? I don't want you to buy one for our house. <laughs> we can't afford it. No, I don't, even, I don't even know how much they are. Um, I just thought it was really funny. It's like full-on 90s set and we're going to have like a, a, a brand new um, door camera. And then Johnny's trying to knock to get into the house, which, which he has the key for. Yeah, I did think that was a little bit silly, but... Yeah. And it, it could have been, like, screaming, Candace, like, let me in or something. Candace, like, like, that, that would have been a bit more funny. Yeah, that would have been Yeah. So, Gargano has, before this, he tried to trap Keith Lee's hand in the steps again, but failed. And uh, Gargano also gets Keith Lee's hand round 
the, the metal part of the turnbuckle where it connects the you, you know the the pole part yeah not the actual ring post but the thing between the turnbuckle where it connects yeah was wrapping his hands around that I thought that was you know real good real real unique I can't remember seeing anyone um you know use that before which is always nice and interesting to see people doing stuff that hasn't been done before because obviously things do get quite repetitive and people do do some of the things which put their own little spin on them so yeah I did really really like that I thought it showed like a lot of realism as well yeah um one positive I would say about Johnny Gargano that makes me feel better he lost (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he dived to the ropes and did a tornado DDT yeah Uh, that was good that was really good yeah the um the fake crowd um, were chanting um, Gargano sucks but they were chanting in the way that, that people used to chant Cena sucks I don't know if you noticed that no but I should have got on yeah. board with it yeah so probably the spot of the match was Keith Lee pouncing Gargano through the plexiglass yeah that, that was good and that, I think this is where the match picked up and I did enjoy that well for you you see this is when the pace picked up as well whereas the beginning of the part was it Johnny Gargano working over the hand of Keith Lee yeah I remember um, there was a match at Armageddon between Mr. Kennedy and Shawn Michaels, which had kind of a similar spot where Shawn Michaels has uh, stomped on Mr. Kennedy's hand. And at the end of the match, Kennedy punches Shawn, but obviously he's in too much pain. And then Shawn super kicks him and wins the match, switching music. Um, yeah, that, so that working over the hand kind of made me think of um, that feud, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, if you guys have your favourite Mr. Kennedy match, you know, let me know in the comments. Yeah. Uh, I liked after that um, Johnny Gargano goes through the, um, what's it called, flexiglass. Flexiglass, yeah. Flexiglass. That's what the commentators were calling it anyway. Okay. Um, I like the way that Keith Lee literally drags Johnny Gargano back and then like picks him back up. Yeah. Um, well, that was really one good. thing that annoys me though, they've got the plexiglass up, but they're allowing someone to break into it. What is the point of having it? I did think that. I thought... That does seem slightly strange. Yeah. But, anyway, um, anything else, I suppose, you take it? Yeah, then Mia Yim and Kansas, well, Kansas Ray comes down first, and then Mia Yim comes up behind her. Yeah. Um, a bit of a scuffle, don't they? Yeah, and then Johnny Gargano uses the key that he'd forgotten he, he had. When he first went into his trousers, I was wondering what he was doing. I forgot the key that was in there. At yeah. one point, and I just saw him stick his hand down his trousers, and I thought... Maybe he had an itch. Well, <laughs> I wasn't sure what he was doing. So, and yeah, Gargano uses the key on Keith Lee, but um, Keith Lee kicks out. Stabs him in the eye, doesn't he? Yeah, he stabs him in the eye. Uh, then Johnny Gargano does uh, three super kicks. Well, he does a super kick, and then Keith Lee kicks out, and then a super kick, and Keith Lee kicks out, and then a super kick, and Keith Lee kicks out. Um... Yeah, then Keith Lee comes back, hits the power bomb, hits the jackhammer, and Keith Lee retains. I was actually quite surprised. I thought Johnny Gargano would have won this match personally. Yeah. Just because I think Keith Lee is destined for bigger things than the North American Championship. Not discrediting the North American Championship because I think it is one of the best looking belts in the WWE at the moment. But I think he should be in the. He should be main event in NXTs instead of being in the in the middle of the card, personally. So yeah, I was surprised that he retained. Can't tell you, yeah, I I thought Johnny Gargano was going to win as well. Um, 
Yeah, I think they need to get away from the storyline now, though, of Miriam and Keith Lee. I think Miriam and Keith Lee are better apart. Some couples are better together. I think these two are actually better apart. Yeah, they don't work. There's a lot of uh, yeah, I don't, don't work, work together. I don't think they work well together. I don't think... Um, just because you're a couple They outside. don't bounce off each other as well as some couples neither, I don't think. I think yeah. Keith Lee needs to be Keith Lee and Miriam needs to be Miriam. Just because you are a couple in real life, you don't need to put it on screen. Yeah. Same with kind of like Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. I don't think they're jailed well as a couple on TV. Obviously, I love Becky Lynch, but yeah, I thought her and Seth Rollins, they didn't need to be they, in the they, I think as well with Becky and Seth, they, they were such big characters on their own and they were so over the anyway. Yeah. It didn't, I, I just didn't feel like it, they needed it. it they tried to bottle up too much of a good thing, I think. Yeah. And who lost out in the end, Seth Rollins lost out in the end. Yeah. But Seth Rollins is now on to probably the best work in his career, in my opinion. It's just a shame there is no fans are in attendance to, to view it. Yeah, that's true. I did actually think um, in this match also, thinking about the fans in the plexiglass, they kind of just look like the the trapped because it's so dark it looks like they're kind of like trapped in here and it made me think of um ftr the revival and people like Brody lee you know who wanted to leave wwe for so long and felt trapped i kind of felt like these people look trapped in here and they're told i have to chant for this person chant for that person because apparently i think wrestle talk reported it that um the, the the superstars that are on the in the crowd they're there for maybe like three hours or something. They're not allowed to sit down or anything. They have to stand and chant and do as they're told. Mm. But like, that kind of makes Which you... Which probably did. Yeah, that kind of makes you think of, you know, Zeb Brody Lee, he wanted to leave. They wouldn't let him. And, you know, he just had to stay and do as told. Trapped. Kind of thought it was a bit symbolic, really. That... Mm. But obviously that's just my opinion. If I make a t-shirt, that's probably what it's going to say. <laughs> it's my opinion. <laughs> it's just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> the words I say on the show is my opinion. On the 2K20 and stuff, it's, he goes up and he goes down. <laughs> so, yeah, a man of few words. That's why I say hmm a lot. Uh, so, after this match, uh, we have an advert. Uh, we've got Ric Flair for, well, advertising Ric Flair. Is it 24 hour show or 20, 24? We do 24. That's the one. Um, so, obviously, he's got a new episode coming out. Well, it's based on his WrestleMania 24 moment as well about his retirement but obviously then he did the Australian tour with Hulk Hogan and fought Hulk Hogan and went to TNA and fought in TNA against Sting and other wrestlers um, he says it's because he needed the money he was paying alimony to four different women I think at the time it's just like how did you get yourself in that position you're Ric Flair <laughs> <laughs> uh, then our cookie the, that cookie sandwich ad came back on again the one that you enjoyed the first, so much the first time around yeah perhaps uh, and then finally, backstage, we saw Charlotte Flair, the third woman in the triple threat match, uh, which will be the main event. Yeah, um, I, I thought Charlotte looks really good tonight, to be fair. She was, I think she was fantastic. Yeah, um, I'm not a big Charlotte fan as her character. I think sometimes it's a bit inconsistent. I really like her matches, though. Um, I think 2019, she seven of her matches were probably my favourite out of ten, probably were Charlotte Flair matches. Um so yeah, I think sometimes she wears too much makeup and it, it makes her look not as nice as she can be. I think um, on this event she put less makeup on and you know she looked more naturally pretty because she can be pretty when she tries or maybe when she doesn't try, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, the more natural colour. Yeah. But yeah, I think her makeup was done really well. Let's say new makeup artist or something. But uh, just overall, I think she looked. Yeah, she looked really, nice. really good and really toned and yeah. yeah. So before we get to the NXT Championship match, I would just like to say there is on the channel also now. Which I'm trying to get it up every Sunday. There's a weekly roundup, so it is me just going through some of the news that's you know stuck with me throughout the week and rumors. Also, if there's any updates for 2K22, I will report will be reporting that. And also, um, just my own personal opinions on some things. So yeah, make sure you check that out. And also, there is an episode on the show dedicated to 2K22. Some of the um, news and rumours, what's happening in the new game. So yeah, also check that out. But now we are, we are getting to the last chance blackout brawl match for the NXT Championship. Key, I know it's a Keith Lee. It's not Keith Lee. We've just seen Keith Lee. It's Adam Cole defending his championship against the Velveteen Dream. Yeah, I didn't. Um... Didn't know what a back for, was it? First? No, neither. Uh, this is another thing. I kind of feel like they missed the mark with this as well, with it being in your house. Why was it outside? Well, no, not that. It, I feel like they, they could have done it like it was in someone's, not garden, but like in someone's like field near the house or something. Well, I think in America they call a parking lot service a back lot. Yeah, I know. I just thought so they probably should have got a clue for that, to be honest. Yeah, I get that. But I don't know. I thought with it being in your house, probably they could have embraced it a bit more and. If you've seen the pro, the Lance Archer promos in EW, he's got like a ring. I think it's Darby Allen's ring actually. It's like a ring in the middle of nowhere. You could have kind of like filmed that so it was their house, right? And have you know like people around it and chanting and things. To me, that that would have been party one. yeah. And if you need a daylight, put this match on first. If it's not going to be an event, the show have that like, the first match on the show. So then, you surely this was pre-taped. Like oh yeah, it will have been pre-taped. You could tell by the camera angles this was pre-taped. So I think you could have done it a little bit earlier, in a better setting, but that's just me. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Um, Sam Cole turns up in a undisputed era. Was it a truck? truck. Yeah, and then he he gets out and starts talking. And like, who's he talking to? There's not like people in the cars anywhere. Yeah, they're not really listening. Uh, Velvet Chain Dream um, arrives in a yellow Lamborghini. Yeah, I thought he could have. I would have preferred him arriving in a limo, and because he wears the, the over T-shirt, like the NWO T-shirt, like right. the OVA. Yeah, yeah. So they could have had a, a, a black limousine with that on it, like logo on it, like the NWO used to. I thought it would have fit in with his his character more. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's something tied into the Velveteen Dream. It's not just a nice car that it's probably not even his. Like at least you can rent a limo. Like a lot of people will do that. Do you know what I mean? I just like a yellow light. No, I, I really like the car myself, but we're meant, they're meant to be here to tell a story, not to... I feel like Velveteen Dream's very over the top in everything that he does. Yeah, I and get that. more over the top than a, a bright yellow. Yeah, maybe that's what they were going for, but... I... But I will say that... I... But obviously, I am a really, really big NWO fan, and when Dream does things that connect them dots together, I kind of like it, so maybe I'm a little bit biased in that. Maybe. Uh, what I was going to say is that uh, I do love Velveteen Dream. This is a match that I was really looking forward to seeing. Um, 
but I was a bit disappointed when he got out of the car in his outfit. Uh, yeah, it wasn't great, was it? I, I feel like, um, I just feel like it wasn't in his character. Like, I do get that they're in the backlot brawl and that, you know, he needs to be a bit more grungy. Um, but, uh, yeah, just I, was, I felt like he could have put a bit more of a, 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 a Velveteen Dream twist on it. I did think there's at one point in the match, which we'll obviously we'll get to, but he does get his shirt ripped uh, and it makes it to more of a crop, which then I thought, oh, okay, that does look like Velveteen Dream. Um, but, yeah... I feel like he could have. There could have been something more to make it more dreamish. Yeah, um, and he's got a very long body as well, ain't he? Like his legs are very long. Like I feel like only certain attires will work on him because of his 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 shape. Should we say? Mm. I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't jazzy enough or enough. You know. Yeah, he's he's kind of got the build of like a basketball player. I think like with the really long legs. Like he's like when you watch like Cal Malone wrestling WCW, the basketball player, and Dennis Rodman, I think their legs stand out more. I kind of feel like, especially in this match, Velveteen's long legs stood out more for me than they would normally. I don't know why, but just check out his legs. Pretty much. Fair enough. Uh, so beginning of the match, um, <laughs> I noticed that um, Adam Cole tried to leave. Uh, and he gets into a car that wasn't one that he arrived in, and we're not sure yeah. which car it was. It looked a bit like he was still in the car. Uh, it was just a silver. Yeah, thing. it's like why would you have, have turned up in this truck and then try and get in a car? Like it just yeah. didn't make any sense. And not, it just, it just obviously, it's obviously they chose this car because it ends up being destroyed. Yeah. Um, obviously, obviously just before that though, in the ring, there was like lots of quick falls in that one there, and then he, then he, then he says he's, he's not wrestling and gets to the car. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, sorry. There was, uh, you're right, there was lots of quick falls before he tries to leave. Um, so Adam Cole's in the car. Um, oh, one thing we didn't say as well, uh, going back to Bob Street getting out of the car, he did have a baseball bat with him, yeah. which Adam Cole makes him drop out of the ring uh, before he starts fighting. Uh, but as, oh, sorry, whilst Adam Cole's in the car, Bob Street picks up the bat and starts smashing, smashing the car whilst he's standing on it. Yeah. Um, but then, not sure this happened, but an Uber turns up. Yeah, you see, when this happens, I really want him to be Vince McMahon. <laughs> and for him to wind down the window and just say, this is good, such good shit. <laughs> you are looking for a lot, aren't you? Yeah, I don't have high hopes or anything, but I just made me think of the Firefly Funhouse and the little puppet of Vince McMahon saying, this is good shit. Yeah, like, I just searched the part of the Uber thing. I just didn't get that. It's just meant to be funny, though, wasn't it? But I think, like, if they're going to do a funny spot, embrace it a bit more. You know, like, with the Money in the Bank um, corporate ladder match. You know, yeah. they had, like, a silly, seg- um, not segue, but cameos, seven brother love and things like that. I feel like they could have just put one in there. And, of course, in that, they had loads. And then in the end, some of them didn't make sense. Whereas this one, like, they could have used this one. It would have made sense because it's just one. Yeah. Do one special one instead of five not so great ones. Fair play. Yeah, I just just thought that was a bit strange. I thought if somebody got out of the Uber or something, not just somebody. Yeah, it could have been Tegan Knox with that pizza for Keithley. It could have been. It could have been. Uh, so uh, somehow, not quite. Sh- uh, once again, I'm not not sure how, but um, Adam Cole runs away and hides, uh, and Velveteen Dream's looking for him, having um, going through all the. Obviously, doors aren't open because it's a set. <laughs> Why didn't he just shout Adam Cole and then he'd have to say Bebe and then he would have known where he is? I don't know. 
I do not know. Just a trick there. But uh, Velveteen Dream of uh, finds the door that eventually opens. As he opens it, he gets sprayed with a fire extinguisher. Um, obviously, Adam Cole was waiting for him. Um, so then the Undisputed Era turn up. Yeah. Um, and distract the Dream. This is before that. Is that when Adam Cole's on the car? Um, no, so the lad is he's put the ladder up. Yeah. And Velveteen Dream is on it with Adam Cole. Then he gets distracted, but then Cole falls through anyway, I think. Is that right? Yes. So Adam I think Cole, that's the way. I, yeah, I think he... Yeah, because once Adam Cole falls and the, the Unstreet Arrow attack Velveteen Dream, and then they start chucking loads of chairs in the ring. Yes, from the um, the, 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 the train, the truck that yeah. um, Adam Cole arrived in. Um, and then, but one of the chairs doesn't go in the ring. So then when Roderick Strong goes to get it, it goes under the ring. And he's Dexter Loomis. A wild Dexter Loomis running about. He does a clumsy knee attacks and the Undisputed Era. Uh, I'd actually forgot that Dexter Loomis was kind of like feuding with the Undisputed Era when it first happened. I thought, it's going to be Hornswoggle or the Boogeyman. I thought, it's going to be something that didn't really make sense. But this did make sense. It did fit into the story, which I thought, you know, was really good. Yeah, he beats him up and puts him in the boot, doesn't he? If a car and drives yeah. away. Yeah. Which is strange because, like, in TNA, he had like a stalker gimmick, didn't he? He was stalking, was it Christy Hemming, I think he was stalking? Yeah. yeah. And Mr. Anderson, who we spoke about him earlier, Mr. Kennedy, he was like trying to stop him, I remember that. So it's strange how he's still got this stalker gimmick ish kind of thing. Yeah, Adam with rings. Yeah. Outside. Um, and then you see Adam Cole, he's covered it uh, in glass, like his arms are covered with glass yeah. and that. He's crawling to the ring. Um, he jumps from the middle rope um, and Dream counters him with a Dream Valley Driver or something like Dream that. Dream Valley Driver, yeah. Is that it? Uh, for the two count, um, then Velveteen Dream gets onto the top rope and jumps onto Adam Cole, who is sat on a chair. There's another two count there. Yeah, that, I really like that. It was different as well. Mm. Like, it's not the same elbow drop, drop you see, you know, lots of wrestlers doing. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, we have Adam Cole hits a low blow. Uh, then he gets to the second rope and hits a Panama Sunrise. Yeah, so basically, if you don't know what it is, it is a Canadian destroyer, but off the middle rope. Yeah, onto a pile of chairs for the pin. Uh, and Adam Cole retains. Yeah, so what did you think of the match overall? Um, I thought it was a decent match. Uh, I think they did a good job of what they were supposed to do yeah. and what the match was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, it was a gimmick match being outside, and, you know, they had... Yeah, I think the only thing that took... With it being pre-taped and the cuts and things, I would have preferred to actually just be more of, like, a, like you know, like a, like a street fight kind of more... Not so many cuts, and... Because I do like the, the other, like, you know, the Boneyard match and the Firefly for an house match. Obviously, the Money in the Bank Hobbs ladder match was kind of, you know, the same. Um, I do really like them. This one was a bit, I don't know, it just didn't tick the boxes the same as the other ones. Did yeah, I can see I that. that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I can see that. Um, but saying that also, J um, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa did one as well on an episode of NXT. And that was kind of the same as well. So I don't know if it's maybe an NXT thing. Yeah. Maybe there's different people producing it. But yeah, I'd say them two are my least favourite out of the ones we have seen. Of the, yeah. Yeah. But I did, I did really enjoy this. It's not taking away um, 
speak to your parents with some others, it's not the... Yeah, but I would say that this was... I, it was in the right space of the card. I think it deserved to be in the middle of the card. It, you know, it wasn't... Um, like I, would, I think I would have been disappointed if this was the main event, to be honest. Yeah, I would have been too, actually, yeah. Uh, I kind of wish Valentine Green won, just because... Yeah, well, I thought, with it being the last shot, it, it might have won. And also, I'm a bit annoyed, actually, because in my WWE 2K20 universe mode for NXT, I did do a Velveteen, Velveteen Dream's last chance match, also, and before did... this happened. So, yeah, maybe they're watching my content. So, yeah, if WWE like it, you guys, make sure you guys like it. <laughs> uh, so, after this match, we had what I thought was a really good um, advert that came on. Um, yeah, this was this was actually. If they had just shown this one, I think it would have been so much better than showing the 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 Dudder ones, really. Yeah. So uh, they were advertising the WWE shop, uh, and so it's the guy from the beginning um, that we said the the name that I butchered, um, Todd Pad Padville, I think he's called. Yeah. Um, and he's saying, you know, to get all this amazing stuff, you call. 900. One, one 900. Yeah, 1 900. And then they're like, what? There's no 9100 numbers anymore? <laughs> uh, which is really good. Uh, and then they go on to saying about social media and they're saying Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and my personal favourite, uh, AOL chat. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. And then they bring up the DX on AOL chat on like a big old Windows 95 computer yeah. or something. And Especially, I think I enjoy that more because. At the beginning of lockdown, we were, a lot, we were watching a lot of old like WCW pay per views, yeah. and they were going to the, you know, the show DDP with Mark Madden and things like that doing it. And I know WWF did it at the time as well. The show Shawn Michaels not knowing how to use a keyboard. Yeah. So yeah, I really like that. So that and also Road Dog knocks the sign off as well. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but Shawn's like pressing all the buttons and Triple H is banging on top of the, the monitor. And Road Dog ste steps back, and the NXT sign just falls off the wall. I didn't I thought, see yeah, that he jumps. I thought that was quite funny, just because obviously I don't think that was meant to happen. So yeah, it's more like natural. It was good. No, I, I did. I thought that was a good way to bring in a bit of humour in it. Yeah, yeah. In an kind of a bit way. of throwback, and yeah, yeah, it shows you how times have changed. It does, doesn't it? Oh, especially when you look at DX in that, you can tell how times have changed. <laughs> yeah, Shawn Michaels' grey beard. It's awful, isn't it? It's so big as well, and Road Dog's beard's awful as well. It's lockdown. Well, yeah, they've just given up. Yeah. So next up, we had the match I was most looking forward to, the um, carrying cross against Tommaso Ciampa. They went just over six minutes. Um, I thought the presentation of Cross and Scarlett is really good. I love the entrance. I do think Scarlett has a bit of a, like an ex woman kind of feel. I thought like she could, she looks a bit like an ex woman personally. I prefer Dominatrix. Mm. I prefer yours, I think. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think she looks really cool. I did, I did like, sorry, I did like her, but it did remind me of a Dominatrix. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. So yeah, really, really cool entrance. They're putting a lot of time and, and effort into carrying cross. I know he. he was in Impact Wrestling, but I've not really seen a lot of that, so it's nice to see um, what he's about, should we say. Yep. And then, obviously, Tommaso Ciampa comes to the ring. So, in carrying Cross's entrance, my um, notes are awesome entrance. For Tommaso Ciampa, it's awesome music. His entrance theme's just so good, I think. Yeah. No one will survive. 
he's a he's just got such a great persona as he, as he comes yeah. out. I don't know. Something he's got he's got presence, hasn't he? Presence, well, that's what yeah. I want to use actually. Like, of all the matches, presence-wise, this one probably felt the the biggest. Yeah, yeah. I I yeah, I actually really enjoyed this match. Um, although I've I've known it on Killing Cross tattoos again. Now he looked a bit like a jigsaw. Just uh, I don't know. Yeah, I like the sleeve. I don't really like the back. Yeah, he's just got a few. Yeah. Bits, uh, but saying that, um, Alistair backed a bit like that, I think. Like, yeah. He's a bit scattered about. But he's got so many now that it just sort of, it, it looks like it's, I don't know, so that works better now. Maybe Killian's just trying to get there. Maybe. Uh, not Killian, sorry, Carrion. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. If you guys thought she meant Killian's in, no, she didn't mean Killian's in, she I meant Carrion Cross. I didn't mean Carrion Cross, sorry. One thing I did notice. Um, Carrying Cross's eyes seem massive, I thought. Like, his eyes just seem so big. Yeah. Yeah, just a small little fact, he's I He's just thought. got, but I think he's got such a, I don't say, it's, I, don't, I wouldn't say that, I don't know if it's a new, unique look, or it's just a presence about him, it's just something that just draws me to him. Mm. Um, I, just, I think it's their presentation, I think, the yeah. presentation of um, yeah. Scarlett and Carrying Cross. Um, so quite early on in the match, um, Carrying Cross throws um, Tommaso Ciampa onto the side of the ring. Um, and yeah, like, it looks like it's sucked as well. Yeah, like the top of Tommaso Ciampa's back just sort of like cuts across the um, side of the uh, side of the ring, and it just looked the whiplash on it just looks. Yeah, it looked really good. Made Cross look like an absolute beast. It did, I think yeah. Ciampa did a great job of making Carrying Cross look like the star Absolutely. in this match. Also, I loved the spot. Um, on the side of the the ring post, well not the ring post, sorry, the ring apron, and not one person on commentary felt the need to tell us it's the hardest part of the ring. Yeah. When Matt, so what happens um, on the main roster on the on that part of the ring, Michael Cole will tell you fifteen times that, that is the hardest part of the ring. So, annoyingly, I do it in my two K twenty videos, but I was that actually is just about to say, don't you say that a lot? Yeah, but that is because it's actually my skull. So when I'm recording, I need something to say. Right. I say it. Okay. Um, but it is obviously a little joke as well because I get sick of saying it. So now I'm saying it. I do not say it is boss time though when Sasha Banks comes to the ring. I feel like there's a line. There. I will call you out if you do do that though. So you know. So yeah, stick around today. There will be a Sasha Banks video with me saying it's boss time. Trying. Just to wind me up. Just to wind everyone up that's listening now. Brilliant. Um, there's another one. Uh, Carry across it's uh, a suplex. He just looks incredible. Yeah, he just he just destroys him, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Um, you know, taunting Tommaso Champa, hits him with a Northern Life suplex, and then rolls him through for something else. But I didn't quite catch what the next move was. But I know it looked incredible. Yeah, um, Champa does get a little a little. Yeah, he's actually a bit of momentum yeah, back. He does his back. DDT, which looked like that sucked. Yeah, for Cross. It's a bit like the Randy Orton DDT, but a bit more stiffer, I'd say. Yeah, on the ropes, isn't it? There's more of a... Like, when Orton does it, he came, seems to drop them flat, whereas when Chamber does it, he tries to make it look as real as possible. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then Cross does... It's like an F5, isn't it? But it's like an F5 that he doesn't care about. Like, he just, like, <laughs> just picks them up, does an F5, but lets them spin in the air. Oh, is that a ragdoll? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. And then puts him in the cross jacket, which I think is a great move for a finishing move. And um, Tommaso Ciampa passes out. Now, I love this match. I thought that 
Um, Chloe and Crossman was looking fantastic. My biggest gripe was this ending, though. Um, I hadn't realised that Tomas Chamber had passed out. Now, when I, I just, I don't know. I feel like they could have done some more with that, made it look. Yeah, in WCW, they used to. Um, raised the hand three times, and you know, if the hand fell three times, that was it. He was out. I was just thinking, you know, back, uh, you know, WrestleMania twenty eight when um, John Cena and The Rock do it, and the you know the Rock the third time he goes to drop his hand and it like obviously it hovers, yeah. but there was nothing to show that I don't feel like he'd been in the the, the, the submission for long enough for him to pass that anyway. Well, that's probably that's probably trying to get over the move there. <sighs> yeah, I, I suppose maybe, but. Yeah, for me, I, I was a bit confused when the match ended. Yeah. I was no, just a I, bit, I can I can get that. A bit didn't like did still like that, but not to take away from the match because I did actually really really enjoy the match. Um, it was a bit strange seeing this on the takeover cards actually because um, this match was based on just getting Karen Cross over in my opinion. That's why it was only on for six minutes. The match wasn't meant to be a five star classic. Um, like the main event. Is designed to put over Karen Cross, the character, the presentation, how good he is. Not every match on the card needs to be a five-star match. I feel like if the segment is um, five stars, then that's the same thing, really. I, even though this was a match, I feel like for a segment or for putting over, you know, Karen Cross, it was a five-star. In it my opinion, yeah, it definitely fulfilled its purpose, um, and that you know, it makes um, Karen Cross look fantastic. Uh, it made me more excited to see what he was going to do in NXT. So you know, yeah, what's what's left to come? What's next it, to yeah, come what's to, next to come? And that I think that this match definitely did do that. Um, it definitely. I think I'd quite like to see Champa go away for maybe a month, not too long, but uh, maybe like Crowley and Cross have a few like squash matches for maybe four weeks, and then Smash sure Champa returns, and then sets up maybe like a hardcore match or steel cage match or something. You know, a bit bigger for the second match. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a lot of potential still going forward. I don't think, I hope, anyway, that this isn't the end of Cross and Champa. Yeah, I definitely think they can do some more with that. So next up, there was another promo for Backlash. Um, try to get everyone excited for the Orton and Edge match. We'll just move straight on. Um, and then there is Renee Young rocking out a Simpson T-shirt. We did have the advert for the band as well. Code band. Orange. Oh, Code Orange, yeah. yeah that, did that was very forgettable, wasn't it? And also, their merch was on the WWEshop.com for 24 hours yep. also. Yeah, but then we did get to Rio Young. Sorry. Yeah. It had a cute little... Maggie Simpson What was she advertising? Oh, Triple H. Yeah, Triple H going on um, Facebook Live afterwards. Yeah. So now it is the main event, which I was, like I said already on the show, I was really happy that it's main event in the show. Um, it is the first time a women's match has been invented to take over since Bailey and Sasha Banks iron woman match at TakeOver Respect. I think maybe that is one of the things that I really liked about this NXT. It's because it was so different from the last, well, quite a lot of ones we've seen, actually. Because normally the men's NXT Championship closes the show, the tag team title match opens the show. I think this match, this pit, this event pay-per-view is network special. I don't know what they call it these days, but I think... With things in different order, it added more to the show. Then you, you know you couldn't predict what order the matches were going to put. What order the matches were going to come in? Yeah, I really enjoyed. I can't believe this is the first time we're going to be made of event since in NXT. Yeah, in NXT. Sorry, a pay per view. Um, two thousand and fifteen was that? 
Um, probably, yeah. 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 That's a little bit shocking, but yeah, I guess it is what it is. Um. So yeah, Rhea Ripley makes her way to the ring. My notes are her mum forgot to drop, dress her properly. She had one white boot on and one black boot. Just a little jerk. <laughs> but seriously though, the new look does look really good. <laughs> I'm about to come at, become a dad. Dad jokes already. Yeah. My poor child. <laughs> you made me believe my change of thought that was that bad. Ah, sorry. That well, fun. Io Shirai makes her way next. I love Io Shirai. I love her presentation and her entrance music. I think she's got a good heel entrance music just because it's just noise. There's no, um, you know, it's not like a, a theme. It's just not like good um, noise, if you know what I mean. Chris Jericho, he's a heel and he's got a good entrance music, but everyone wants to sing along with it. Same with Undisputed Era. Everyone just wants to go boom. Yeah. Whereas her entrance she music. Give that does she? No, it's good heel music because it is good, but you can't sing along with it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I really like. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. I think I never thought about that. Uh, Charlotte Flair comes out to the ring next. I think, as we said earlier, she looks fantastic. Um, just love her gear, love. Love, just love everything yeah. about what she was. I think this is the best Charlotte Flair's looked in a long time, in my opinion. Yeah, just in just in lots in lots of ways. I think she didn't overdo her makeup. The gear looks better than it has done. She wasn't. There wasn't loads of fake tan. I, don't, I just. I guess we watched like a more natural look. It turns out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was really um, funny how the crowd were chanting to her that you don't go here, and she turned around and said, "I made here." I did. I did really like that. I did appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah, the match starts off really good. Um, yeah, I think they get actually out of the ring quite quickly, don't they? Yeah. And you see Rhea Ripley, sorry, goes to die for Charlotte off the apron and misses. Um, and Charlotte just, just throws her into the barrier. Um, and then Charlotte dominates again by throwing um, Io Shirai into Rhea Ripley, who is still in the barrier. So making Charlotte look very, very strong at the start of the match. Um, a good spot that I like to see, and I, I always like to see this, is uh, Io Shirai did a 619 Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Um, just she calls it something else, didn't she? But I can't remember what. Oh, does she? Yeah. Because to say that the Mario Morello says the name, but then he says, and it is also the 619 made famous by Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Uh, I, for some reason, I always get really excited when I watch another wrestler put the 619 on. Yeah. Um, it's like Cesaro does the Swiss 19. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then um, Io Shirai starts beating up Charlotte Flair. You know, she's jumping on her. There's lots of quick moves and uh, stuff like that. She does a good jump through the ropes onto Rhea Ripley at one point. I really did like that. Yeah, and then we see a double spear by Charlotte Flair as well. <laughs> also the uh, suck it by Charlotte Flair to the crowd. Yeah, yeah, I can't um, believe that. Yeah, I'm not sure that... Like, if she did that in front of a live crowd, they would not get a good outcome. Like, if a woman, a woman wrestler tells a crowd to suck it, to an audience which is probably 75% male they're just going to chant back yes please or I would or something yeah, yeah. so at, at least they did it where they have robots in the crowd pretty much I just but I don't know why she did it but well I think it's for the in your house theme maybe because I think there was a DX in your house at one point right but, okay yeah um, Charlotte Player gets the top rope for a moonsault but Io Shirai gets her knees up um, 
and then this awful, awful uh, sort of like going to do a natural selection on Rhea Ripley, but it was just it was so awful and it was so obvious as she was going in that Rhea Ripley was gonna reverse it. Reverse yeah. it. Yeah, um, she was nowhere near her. Yeah, it just, it just that was probably the lowest part of the match. Definitely the lowest part of the match. It was just I, I don't know whose fault it was that it looked that bad. It just as she was going in for it, it was just obvious. It just yeah did not like that. Um, but then. Charlotte Flair does hit a, a natural selection on Io Shirai. Yeah, I thought that was the end of the. I thought that was the end of the match. We both thought it was the end of the match, but um, Io but they were only just out. getting started. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then we see Charlotte Flair trying to get the figure eight lock on Io Shirai, and in my notes, how did her tits not pop out? <laughs> I remember as a woman, I could probably say that. Yeah, but um, I just always think that when she goes up to that bridge, and I just think. They're they're coming out. They're gonna they're gonna go, but they never do. Uh, but Rhea Ripley pulls her out of the ring and breaks up that figure eight. Uh, so yeah, then they start battling on the outside. Charlotte throws um, Shirai through the window, which I thought was really good. Yeah. I really wanted Johnny to walk out the front door and be be like, "What have you done to my house?" Or it'd been even better if he was like, like dressed up as an old man or something. I I don't know. I just thought it, I just couldn't get it out of my head that. You know, this is meant to be Johnny Gargano's house, and it sees the house that he's built, and, and destroying, destroying it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, my dream now on pay per view is an NXT in your house, and Johnny Gargano just playing an old man, playing like people, stick yeah, people. playing people, get off his lawn, get off his building, don't ring his doorbell, you know. <laughs> or they could bring like someone that someone could have the dog and bring it on and be like, "Don't let your dog crap on my lawn." So much they could do. Yeah, so much they could do. So whilst Io, so Io has been thrown through the window, uh, Charlotte Flair then gets Rhea Ripley and bangs her head off the Flexiflex glass. Uh, yeah, that looked that, like it sucked. That was brutal, absolutely brutal. Uh, and then it cuts to and you see that Io Shirai has somehow managed to get to the top of the doorway. Um, Johnny Gargano's house. Uh, the top of Johnny Gargano's house. Um, and she does a splash onto both Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, which uh, just was insane. Well, I thought it was going to be the spot of the night, but I actually think the spot of the night was probably the um, the finish. Yeah. I'm not saying we could go to the finish right now, I'm just saying. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, that was a, a fantastic spot. Um, I, I just mean, you think that's going to be the spot of the match. And then it, if it's not the spot of the night, but it, it wasn't the, the bigger thing was still, well, in my opinion, the bigger thing is still to come. Yes, absolutely. They get back into the ring and... Yeah, so Rhea hits her finish off the middle rope onto Charlotte Flair. Um, but then Io breaks that up. Yep. And she starts um, giving her lots of uppercuts in the ring. Then Charlotte appears with a kendo stick. Yeah. Which you didn't like, I don't think, at the beginning, did you? Oh, and also we missed out that... Um, I think Rhea Ripley hit Charlotte with a, pop, a plant pot or something. That must have been after Io Shirai went to the window. I think, I think, yeah, I think it was just after, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I thought was really good. I just forgot that you could that you could use weapons in a triple threat. Yeah, well, you can't get disqualified, can you? Because there's three people. Yeah. So, yeah, Charlotte um, hits everyone with the kendo sticks and looks dominant. She puts the figure four leg lock onto Rhea Ripley and turns it into the figure eight. And then Io Shirai gets on the top rope and does a moonsault, which I think that looked brutal as well. It looked like her knees smashed into Rhea Ripley's face. Yeah, so Charlotte does the spear onto Rhea Ripley, 
figure four, figure eight on Camille Ripley, whilst they're still in this figure eight block, that is when um, Io Shirai hits the moonsault on Camille Ripley. Uh, And yeah, it was just an amazing spot uh, for then Io Shirai to get the pin on Camille Ripley and win. I was happy with the outcome. I didn't see it coming. I only thought Charlotte Flair would retain. Yeah, me too. I think that this match was lots of high points. Main event as well, it only went 17 minutes and 35 seconds. I think that is a great amount of time to keep someone invested into a match. I think around 15 to 20 minutes is long enough. You know, some matches can go longer, but I think, especially at this time in everyone's, everyone's life with a lockdown, matches should, especially with no proper crowd, should be going you know, that amount of time, for, especially for main event matches anyway. Yeah, I think that it did, it went for a good amount of time, there was lots of lots of good spots, lots of high points, it, it did keep, kind of keep building, you know, every, you know, you think you've hit the, the that's a spot, that's a spot of the night, that's a spot of the night, and it and it just kept giving more, which just was fantastic. Just kept them getting better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't think they were going to put the title on Io Shirai, um, but I'm really glad they did. I've really liked her um, pretty much since her heel turn. I wasn't really a massive fan of her when she was a baby face coming to the ring with the mask. Didn't really get it. Um, but yeah, I really love the, the heel work of her now. I think it is overdue as well. I think she could have been women's champion a lot sooner than this, to be honest. Yeah. The only negative of this outcome, I would say, is we're probably not going to get a Charlotte and Rhea Ripley um, pay-per-view caliber match like I thought we would. I thought maybe Charlotte might keep the title till next year's WrestleMania and then the build up to the rematch of Rhea Ripley and Charlotte maybe or you know but yeah that is that is the only negative because I would say our WrestleMania weekend Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley was my match of the weekend I, I thought I'm not including the Firefly for now because that wasn't a real match that was more of a, a segment yeah Um. but yeah I am really happy Io, Io Shirai won um, it's a bit annoying with all the um confetti and things that fell proper Japanese style so it was a bit um, I like see I like that no it was nice but it was a bit like oh well you can tell they knew they were going to win which obviously we all know that they do anyway but it's a bit yeah but I, I feel know. like it gave her the opportunity because obviously you say that like there's no crowd there so she doesn't really get her moment like it's the first time she's won the championship so she doesn't have that crowd to, to feed off to get that moment and I think giving her that gives her that feeling I get that, but then what about Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania? It was WrestleMania and he had nothing. That's not my fault. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Drew well, McIntyre is positioned of the biggest star in the company now and they did nothing for him but for Io Shirai. Well, they dropped the ball. They clearly did. Because I do think it was really good. I just thought, thought you know, you could tell that they knew it was going to happen. Which, yeah, we all know it's predetermined, blah, 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 etc., etc. It kind of took me out a little bit just because it was already. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, um, a lot of lot of high points from this pay per view. I did really enjoy it. I can't remember the last time I enjoyed an NXT takeover as much as I enjoyed this one. Yeah, me too. Um, I think the show in total only went around two hours and twenty minutes. I think that is you know another high point as well because the takeovers have gone to more of a three hour. I think the the first ones were only two hours. When they're in full sale arena, I think they're only two hours. Whereas now they became bigger, they've gone to more three hours. I think this, like t- maybe two and two and a half hours, is a better time. I think the matches have been a little bit shorter. Was really good. Yeah, like I said at the beginning of the show, I don't think any of the matches dragged. 
I would say the main event was my favourite match. It deserved. Which is your favourite match tonight? Yeah, main definitely event? main event. It deserved to go on last. Yeah. It does. It annoys me sometimes when on pay per views where the best match isn't the last match because I mean I know they don't know really whose match is going to be the best, but I think the best match should be the last match because it's what people go home. Remember, remember. I know there was no crowd, but obviously, if we had stayed up and watched it, going up to bed, it would have been what we were talking about. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think this is a really good um NXT takeover. Really, really good the pay per view. Yeah, I'd, I'd say this was a five star pay per view. Yeah, there wasn't, you know. There were no bad, really bad matches. There were no matches where I was like, oh, you know, yeah. not inv- I, except obviously, I was a Johnny Gargano one, so I said I wasn't a massive fan, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. But really, it wasn't actually a bad match, and there was still some good. There was no, there yeah. was actually no point where um, I wanted to just sort of like zone out and sort yeah. of do. Well, we recently just did a podcast which will be going up on Sunday. What it is, Backlash 2009, going up this Sunday, so make sure you check that out. We review um, a six-man tag match in there yeah. in that episode, and I remember that match. We won't go into too detail now, obviously, because we won't get you to listen to the podcast. But that was a really long match. Yeah, and it and we- it kind of even watching it back now, ten years later, it kind of drained me a little bit. Yeah. Whereas none of these matches did this. I didn't um, lose interest in any of the matches. Sometimes the matches can go a little bit long, and you start looking at your phone and things like this didn't happen at all. Think um, the show flew by really. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. So I think that's all for today. Yeah, that is all from today. So if you did enjoy this, please give us a like. Let us know in the comments what you thought, ways we can improve this podcast and other content on the channel. We love to know you guys' feedback. Also, please subscribe to the channel. It's the best way of supporting us. Like um, I just said. Sunday is the next episode of the podcast going up. It is Backlash 2009. The main event of that pay-per-view was John Cena versus Edge in a last man standing match. So yeah, make sure you check that out. We really did enjoy um, you know, watching it back and talking about it. Yeah, well, it's the first uh, time I've actually watched it myself. So. Yeah, apart from the six-man tag match. Um, <laughs> so yeah, make sure you check that out. Also, the film with figures. Episodes on the channel, they go up on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. The watch long of the Best of Brody Lee goes up on Saturdays. So this Saturday coming, it will be the second episode. So make sure you check that out if you have you know, the DVD yourself. If you don't, there's a video on the channel of how to buy the DVD. So you can check that out also. And the 2K20 content on the channel. So there's Raw Universe mode goes up on Monday. Smackdown on Tuesday. NXT on Wednesday. AEW Thursday and a WCW Nitro on a Friday. Now this week coming up is a special week because there will be a WCW pay-per-view as well going up potentially Saturday or Sunday. Not actually sure which day yet, so just keep an eye out for that. And also, yesterday a weekly roundup episode went up, which is gonna we're gonna try and start doing them every week. Also, it's just me talking about some of the rumors and updates of the week, and you know, just giving my opinions on certain things so yeah check that out so yeah that's all from the man and the wife podcast today we hope you've enjoyed it we enjoyed watching nxt take over in your house thank you very much